0: You're listening to Where Do We Grow From Here? The podcast that shares stories, strategies, and ideas to navigate life's challenges and come out stronger on the other side. Hello and welcome to episode one of the podcast. My name is Bucky Bateman, or Chris Bateman, and I'm a marriage family therapist here in San Diego, California. And I'm really excited for this opportunity to spend some time with you. Uh, for me, it's also a chance to combine my faith, my counseling work, and my personal life into one creative endeavor. Thank you. Shout out to my, one of my three beautiful daughters, Ava, for doing that intro for me. She did a great job. She's nine years old. So the question could be asked, does the world need another podcast? And my answer to that would be, well, probably not, but we've already recorded some great stuff And so we might as well put it out there. The greater question is, why this podcast? And really, for me, the the answer to that is to provide a place for information on how to move through adversity, through those challenging situations in our life, whether it be mental health or relationships, parenting, trauma, addictions, whatever the struggle, how do we go through it and not only just go through it and survive it, but how do we grow from it? I get to listen to people's stories all day as a counselor. and Well, not all day, but a good chunk of my day. And they are stories of hurt and of struggle, and it's it's always good to hear those stories. And I love listening to people's stories, but what I love about that is that I also get the privilege of walking with people through those struggles into victory and through those hurts into healing. And as I listen to those stories through the years, my curiosity is piqued. And I've wondered, what are the commonalities? What is it that takes one person where they lean into a problem and say, okay, and they get victory in those situations, and other people where they lean away from it and say, ah, okay. And there's some common strategies that I've seen through the years. I began to look at people I know and what they have done and how they have navigated challenging situations. So I'm excited as I get to interview them for this podcast. I've done that over the last few months and spent time with some great people. And so I'm excited in this series to bring some of those conversations to you. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of time because the impetus for this that really started it out for me was my own story and my own journey. So today I'm going to tell a little bit of my story. I I struggled with how transparent to be with this whole thing, and I have come to the conclusion probably full transparency is best, and so I'm throwing all my dirty laundry out there, Uh, but before I tell my story, because it's a little bit heavy, I want to give you a glimpse into my life now. Like I said, I have three daughters. I also have two sons. I am very happily married to a beautiful lady named Carrie, and uh, we got married this last year. She was a... She was a widow, a young widow, and now, and had three children. And now we have five kids together, like I said three girls and two boys, a 14 year old boy, a nine year old girl, seven, seven year old girls, and a six year old boy. So got bookends of boys. But uh, we are a wonderful, large clan of blended children and adults. And so life is good. Life is a challenge, but life is good. Personally, in in this season, I feel like I have victory over some defeating thoughts that plagued me for years and just undermined who I was. And just having those um, kind of fade into the background have really given me victory in a lot of areas. And most days I wake up loving myself and loving what I get to do, that I have a joy that has come back into my world, uh, not just because of Carrie or the kids, but just because... I'm happy with who I am and what I offer the world and have a uh, feel of purpose and meaning in my life. And from that, I, I feel like life is a great adventure and I get to step out in ways that I never thought I would. So I want to preempt my story because my story is heavy on just where I'm at. And I get the, the joy of of living with these wonderful people and doing this wonderful work. So that wasn't always the case. I wasn't always at this place and not that I have it all together today. So here's my story. Uh, Mike Tyson, back in the day, uh, late eighties, probably said he was being interviewed and the interviewer asked him, well, your, your opponent has this plan. And Mike's response was, well, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. For me, I was cruising through life, kind of just working my plan. And it was about four years ago where I got punched in the face pretty hard, metaphorically. I didn't really get punched in the face. My wife of 18 years, we got married when she was 20 and I was 28 and we had two kids together. At that time, I think they were 11 and four years old. She came to me and said, hey, I think I need to move out. I don't wanna be married anymore, which came out of the blue somewhat for me. Uh, we were having challenges but it came out of the blue that that was where she was at and so punched in the face but also just knocked i guess you get punched in the gut for the wind to be knocked out of you but just knocked the wind out of me and didn't know what to do and didn't know where to go with those things and did not know what to do with that that it didn't equate that she didn't want to be married anymore so there was a long year of trying to make sense of a situation that didn't make sense in my life remaining in a holding pattern trying to make a relationship work with someone who really just kind of wanted out it was a challenge to keep normalcy for my 11-year-old and my 4-year-old daughter yeah it was just a hard season as i was thinking back about that season for this podcast i was just thinking man it's hard to even relate it's hard to even remember but One of the darkest times, I think, I remember the first time of my ex-wife now coming and picking up the kids and sending them off to stay with her and then just going into my daughter's room in the house all by myself and just sitting on her bed, her little pink Ikea bed and just crying, crying like a little kid and and weeping. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a hard season and a season where just waking up crying so much that my waking up with your eyes puffy and um yeah anyways hard hard stuff and so that year it's somewhat of a blur I was talking to my son the other day and he's like I don't remember a lot of that stuff and same for me that I don't remember a lot of that season because it was so so hard I eventually after a year of her being gone filed for divorce didn't necessarily want it but gone to counseling and and she no longer wanted to go to counseling and and well stated in no uncertain terms I want a divorce and so I filed to kind of take control of that and really felt defeated in that I'm a counselor and believe in healing believe in relational healing and hope I've tried to be optimistic and hopeful my entire life and just feeling defeated in that and like a failure and professionally like a failure because that's what I do for a living. And if I can't even save my own marriage, then how do I help other people and how do I work with couples? And so actually for about a year and a half, I took off from counseling, didn't counsel anybody in order to make sure that I was in a good place and that I was be helpful to people and that my stuff wasn't overflowing into their, their issues as well. But anyways, so that season was a long one, and it felt like a very long one, and so the divorce eventually finalized, and then, which was about June, I think June 12th, something like that, and the next week uh, after my divorce finalized, I received an email from a man I didn't know saying, hey, I just want to let you know I've been dating your wife for the last year and a half, and I'm really sorry for doing that. Now, I don't know if that is reality, if that guy, I don't know if it's true or not, but it undermined everything that, uh, that I thought I knew. I had tried to make sense of the situation for a full year, year and a half. The divorce finalized, I get that email, and then the next week I'm out riding my bicycle. A car hits me from behind and throws me into the air. It was moving about 25 miles per hour. Uh, I land in the gutter, they take me to the hospital, and I have a broken back it broke two vertebrae in my back and tore all three heads of the my rotator cuff in my right arm. And I've had people ask me, was it your ex-wife that was driving the car that hit you? And no, it was not her that, that was driving the car. It was a twenty something year old guy that had uh I think he was looking at his phone and didn't wasn't paying attention, swerved off to the right, hit me from behind at about twenty five miles per hour. And so um I ended up in the hospital for about two weeks and then had a surgery where they sewed my shoulder back together. And then I ended up spending 12 weeks in a plastic body brace that I had to wear and my arm in a sling and spent the summer, that whole summer, in bed. And I can look back now and say, ooh, even though that was a dark season for me and it did not make sense, that summer was truly a gift for me. It was really a summer where I had nothing to do but sit and think through where I was and where my life was going. I felt pretty disillusioned with everything. I'd stopped counseling for about a year, like I said, just to make sure that I was in a healthy space uh, for others and as well as for myself. And I realized, as my older brother was saying, maybe he even sent it to me in this time, that I was... Uh, faced with the choice of being bitter or better. That's one of his lines that he stole from somewhere. But that choice was a reality for me. When you find yourself in a dark place, it is easy to become embittered. And like, what's the point? And I'll blame everybody else for where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, That summer was a gift in other ways. It really was that with everything being stripped away, all of the coping strategies that I thought I had, I was really faced with the, possibility of, okay, what do I do? And who am I? Who am I without a wife, without my family unit? Who am I that all this happened? And what do I do with all this anger and bitterness that I have? And how do I continue to be a role model for my children? So in that place of just hours and hours spent by myself, actually, my brother had come down, my brother, Dave, middle brother, he came down and helped me out for about two weeks. And actually fed me and all kinds of stuff. That was great bonding moments for us. But the rest of the summer, I was faced with, what do I do with this? And where do I go with it? And in that time, I opened a box that had my father's sermons in it. My father passed away when I was 19 years old. He was a a pastor, an associate pastor, and as well as a counselor. And he had written out longhand all of his sermons that he ever spoke. He would write it out word for word. And so for me, I decided to read those and dictate them into the computer so that I would have a record of them and can compile them as a gift or something for my mom one day. So I spent the summer dictating some of my father's sermons into the computer. And as I read his words, they were words of hope and healing that washed over me. And really in that time reminded me of of a passage that I had read many times before and years earlier uh, that speaks to hope. That, in, It's in a book called Hebrews in the New Testament of the Bible, and it says, um, We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. And that passage reminded me, where am I anchored? And in that sermon, my father talks about, if your hope is placed in your children, then you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is placed in your job, then you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is placed even in your spouse, then you're going to be disappointed. And I was reminded that I'm anchored into the Holy of Holies through Jesus, which means the Holy of Holies was where the heart of God rested for the people of Israel. And so I was reminded I was anchored into the heart of God. And if you're anchored there, then your your anchor will hold. And I was reminded of that. And it gave me a foundation for myself and reminded me of my faith that, hey, all these circumstances, that's not where life begins. Uh, life begins for me with my faith and and being anchored into the heart of God. And so from there, I began to look at life and, okay, from that position, what do I do? I began to take on a mindset of adventure. When I was a younger man, I used to love going to, I lived up by Magic Mountain in Newhall for a while, and I was a youth pastor. So we would always go to Magic Mountain and ride these giant roller coasters. And at that time, some of them were the biggest in the the nation or the world. I don't know how big they were. But I loved the roller coasters. Now, not so much, but then I loved them. And the reason I loved roller coasters was the thrill of the drop and the thrill of going over after the long climb, tick, 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 and then hitting the top and just the rush of the free fall. The reason I love that is not because of the terror of it, but because I was held securely into a fastening system that kept me in my seat. And there's all kinds of roller coasters they have where your legs are suspended or you're standing up or you do a loop-to-loop. But all of those are fun and exciting and exhilarating because you're fastened in and you feel safe in the midst of that. If if you were just hanging on for dear life, they would not be fun. They would be terrifying. And so as I begin to look at life, I begin to say, okay, if I am anchored into the Holy of Holies, if I am uh, safe in God's hand, Even though some of these things are scary and painful, I'm free to live life as an adventure. And the same feelings that are terrifying in our body are also the same feelings of excitement. And so beginning to reframe things as, man, this is a new adventure. This is an exciting new adventure that I'm on. And what are the priorities that I have in life? And as I began to look at that, it, it also opened opportunity for me to heal in a lot of ways, to begin to choose to heal in these stuck places as well as let go of a lot of the things that were holding me back from trusting uh, myself trusting others trusting god and i began to move forward slowly and so in the last part of this podcast i want to talk a little bit about what i learned that summer what were the realizations i had and what were the epiphanies and growth points i had from that summer it was really this opportunity and this gift in looking at myself and feeling in a re-evaluation of where I was going and who I was and what I was doing, all of my biggest fears had come true and life continued on. And so I had this new opportunity to move forward. The first thing that I think I learned from that was I got to have the opportunity to take ownership of my life and all that happens to me. I think there were a lot of things that I blamed on a lot of other people or circumstances that where I gave myself the benefit of the doubt. And it was some hard looks at, man, you own this. And not in just the failing of a marriage of 18 years, but just in life in general, how I viewed life was, uh, in a lot of ways, I'm a victim or the world owes me this or that. And it was an opportunity to say, no, I get to take ownership. And from there, I got to let my wife, my ex-wife off the hook, that there were a lot of things that I just blamed her and that's where that bitterness came from. And when I could begin to take ownership of those things and say, okay, not everything is her fault, that I had a part to play in this as well. Then it gave me the freedom to forgive and the freedom to let go of a lot of that anger and frustration of life not turning out the way I wanted. And then it empowered me to say, okay, if you own these things, take on an attitude of ownership and do something about life and step into these places that you feel that you've been a victim or that you have you have no control. And so that was one of the biggest things is when I began to turn that corner and realize, okay, I'm not a victim in this, that I get to choose the path forward. Then it it led to a lot of good stuff happening. And part of that, part of taking ownership was being the father that I needed to be, really stepping up and being there for my kids and allowing them to just rest in my strength, you know, offer a place, an umbrella of protection for them to, to rest in. Um, I also got to reframe how I view pain and what pain means. Like most of us, I avoid pain in most circumstances, but as I ve- began to view emotional pain in a different way, that it was an invitation into trusting a little bit more, into uh, something wasn't right, uh, and instead of avoiding that pain, leaning into that pain, I began to be free of some things. And most of all, I think, and I'll probably end on this, I really learned that I could decide to love and trust and give myself fully to someone again. And in marriage and in a, relation, a lifelong relationship, and I'm, I believe wholeheartedly in marriage, and uh, to be married now for almost a year, coming up on a year again, it's just such a joy, such a joy. And to be at a a level that I thought I would never be at again, because when you go through uh, being hurt or or feeling like you're abandoned or disappointed or betrayed, it's hard. It's hard to get back on that horse because you know the pain of falling off. And so uh, it was a great time to just look at what do I really want and how do I want to live the rest of my life and to be able to Uh, love and trust someone more than I ever have is just a good feeling. I realized that my story is not just my story. My story is a part of everyone's story. And although we're different, that we share a lot of the same things. And next time in our next podcast, I want to share some of the tools that I use to navigate the adversity that I faced. And uh, hopefully they'll be helpful to you. So I look forward to seeing you next time. If you want to get a hold of me, you can meet You can reach me at chris at batemancounseling.com or at batemancounseling.com on the web. Subscribe if you'd like, but be sure to join us next time. Take care.